Boy. He shut his eyes and came out on where no shut balls. Don't worry if you don't get the vocal, just keep on. Okay, sorry. Yes. I get very involved, you know. One, two, one, two, three, four. and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris and we are excited to bring you our Abbey Road Anniversary Edition review. Long awaited, oh, long oh, requested. Oh, I thought this was a Joker review. Oh, oh, the oh, movie Joker. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> wrong podcast. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get yeah. Oh, I get why we played that clip. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it'll come together uh, an alternate take for you there to get things started, just like the album started with Come Together. Uh, and we're like we say, very uh, excited to bring this to you because it's been Abbey Road mania, I'd say, the last month or, well, ever since it was announced. Uh, and yeah. Over the summer, we really got the full story about what was going to be on this box set and kind of the outlook of it and the makeup of it. So uh, here we are, and we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, Dave. We did a, a, a short little video there as we did uh, with, when the white album came out, I, I yep. of me just uh, hanging out here, excited to get the package and open it up and and turn the pages of the book, and uh, look at the uh, three CDs and the one Blu-ray, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I have consumed quite a bit of it. <laughs> In fact, yeah. Blu-ray, my system is slightly upgraded, so I I gave the uh, Blu-ray a good listen to and and. Uh, Oh man, it sounds fantastic. It's my preferred way of listening to the uh, audio uh, there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the the biggest thing I would say about this first reaction is it's not as all consuming, obviously, as the White Album. Right, for sure. This set because and even even the um, Sergeant Pepper set, I feel like had a little bit more meat on the bone yeah as far as the outtakes go and i guess that's just a, a byproduct of the way they made this album yes that's a huge part of it and i think a couple factors weigh into this as well as that another is that the sergeant pepper one kind of took us by surprise a little bit uh, and it was new we hadn't had any 50th anniversary we had 50th anniversary celebrations but not no box sets or no remasters or remixes so it was kind of a whoa what is this and then it was huge and so lavishly packaged uh and then that white album set also came out and we had all the long-awaited isher demos and some of the other rare things that came out on that set so then this one came out and i want to as we've talked about before i know i was a little bit of a ho-hum well, okay. I mean, I'll we'll listen to it. It'll be exciting to to have more 
stuff we haven't heard, but the surprise factor is not there. And also, uh, like you said, the fact that this album was really recorded in a very professional way for the most part. There wasn't a lot of jamming and outtakes and goofing around and alternate songs that they were really, they kind of took it seriously. Uh, yeah. That, that it's a really different kind of experience. And, and not to say it's bad at all. I think we're, I'm sure we'll be very positive, but to me, I went into this with lower expectations of being wowed. Yeah. The other thing is, I don't even think, I think I need to go back and listen to the White Album Giles Martin mix, mm. because I sort of ignored it. Yeah, yeah, because there's <laughs> so there much was other so stuff. so much bonus material. Yeah. And with this one, and with my slightly upgraded system... <laughs> Now I'm listening to the to the and uh, uh, just a little complaint about uh, I do Amazon Music Unlimited and in between the tracks there's a little bit of space, <laughs> which is this is the worst album for that you know oh yeah you've got to so, go right into it yeah exactly so to go to the the the, the higher grade of audio on the on the Blu-ray and listen to it through my system that way as a you know much better way to listen to a particularly side two mm-hmm. <laughs> of, yeah. of this album the the mix is the big thing again that we've been yeah. talking about and uh, do you want to before we even get into all the details tell us a little bit about the packaging and there was the vinyl version and all the different configurations that they came up with because i know i'm holding the the four four disc set that you mentioned and i can talk about that a little bit here uh you have the first disc is the 2019 mix and then uh, and i should say all of the cd covers are all well one of them is the actual the actual real album cover of abbey road and then you have the abbey road sessions which are two discs and those are alternate cover takes which are kind of interesting and then you've got the Abbey Road Blu-ray audio with the other different mixes, the Atmos mix and the Master Audio mix, uh, Aspect Ratio, all this stuff on there. Well, you know, the, the difference, uh, so I've read up a little bit on Dolby Atmos, which is a newer thing. Mm-hmm. And Dolby Atmos is uh, sort of storming the country as far as uh, uh, in movie theaters ah okay, so, okay. so you have dolby atmos and movie theaters has a bunch of speakers but uh, the the addition of b- the difference between 5.1 surround sound and dolby atmos is dolby atmos has speakers that are above too ah so okay. so it is actually a 7.1 mix Okay, <laughs> where, where you would have two extra speakers that are giving you also height now. Whoa! So an air, you know, and for movies, it's a great thing because it's like, uh, here comes an airplane, so you can kind of get the <laughs> like swooping the down on you, kind of swooping down thing. Yeah. So people are starting to install these in the in 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 their home now. I, I read an article that's like. You can even do up to 36 speakers, but you're insane if you do. <laughs> like, what a waste of money. Yeah, seriously. So most people are getting now the seven uh, uh, speakers and getting the two that are, are at the height. Okay. So that's what Dolby Atmos is for those of you who are wondering about that. So yeah. sort of a newer thing. It, they weren't 
Atmos mixes on the previous two, so no, no. it's a it's a it's a a thing that's gonna continue. I would I would imagine. And do you get um, this also on the vinyl disc, or is this a separate? Only just on the I guess only have, just on just, the I guess Blu-ray. it have to be on the Blu-ray disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the vinyl version, they've got you know they give you the uh, one disc. They also give you the one disc picture disc for mm. uh, people who like those picture discs. And then you have the deluxe album ver- album, which is very similar to the to the package we got, uh, but I think it doesn't have as thick of a book. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, and there's the vinyl albums right. instead of the instead of the CDs and the Blu-ray. So, right. and I think you also have a one disc CD. Who's buying that? By <laughs> the way? We've asked that on all. Who's like, oh, the new Albie Rhodes out? I think I'll get that in one disc CD yeah. version. Uh, who's, who's buying that? <laughs> Unless you're a collector who just has to buy everything in every configuration. Yeah. I don't see what. It, yeah, why would you want that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I have not purchased the up. This one I was gonna. I was gonna buy. Uh, a friend of mine's getting into vinyl. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Ooh, this would be a good one to buy him." Yeah. As a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And reasonably priced. If you're not getting the picture disc, you know, you're you're paying under twenty five bucks for it. So reasonably okay. priced as far as albums go these days. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. But it's so. yeah. I mean, so you've got the different options. You've got the. Uh, discs you have the book which is uh i would say a lot more digestible than some of the other sets which were so deep and of course the white album was just overwhelming because it was so long and so much stuff but even the pepper book was really dense and thick and great i mean really you could just chew chew on it uh but this one has a lot of pictures that i think stand out and oh yeah we were talking a little bit before we started recording that you don't see tons of photos from the white, from the Abbey Road sessions too often until now, and that's because a lot of them were from Linda McCartney's collection, and Paul donated them for this purpose. So uh, that yeah. that's really a nice thing. A lot of in the studio shots of John and George, and uh, they look pretty pretty happy actually. They look like they're having a good time. Uh. A, a, a couple things on the book too. We might as well get, get get through talking about the book here. What is with on page one? It says the Beatles, the Abbey Road. That's the only uh, time ever, yeah, in the history of time that I've seen the Abbey Road. Like, what are they? What talking is about? that? Do you think that was a somebody got fired over that one? <laughs> <laughs> quality control there? Uh, and then the contents of the book. You've got the forward by Paul McCartney, uh, introduction by Giles Martin. Uh, the route to Abbey Road, giving you sort of like bridging the gap of kind of yada yadaing the Twickenham <laughs> uh, Studios stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, saving it. Uh, but the track by tracks by Kevin Hallett are the ultimate gift to the Beatles fan uh, and are the reason to get these sets, yes. really, to me. Because uh, I've read through many, many, many of the tracks uh, and. You, you discover things mm-hmm. that you didn't know. We'll talk about a few of those as we yeah, go yeah. forward here. Uh, so, so really great. Uh, there's a section on the cover which has a lot of those Linda McCartney pictures mm-hmm. as she was there the day of photo shoot. And then the 
the arrival of Abbey Road and uh, David Hepworth uh, writes a little something about and in the end about the uh, breakup of right. the Beatles. So really great. I, I like you said, Dave, I've read pretty much all, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, in what a couple weeks time really easy to digest uh the packaging's great packaging's a lot easier than the other two. Oh yeah that white album one was very oddly shaped and it was very heavy so this, this yeah. is not as bad this is album size more yeah, or less pretty, yeah pretty pretty size like thick album size so yeah. thumbs up all around to the packaging and i'd even say as packaging goes it rates for me number one of the three sets mm, mm-hmm. contents wise you do get it's a it is more digestible but it also means it is a little bit less yeah i mean that's obvious because the white album double album with a, t- a ton of alternate tracks right. this one not not as many no not as but we can get started yeah. at least with the the giles martin and sam O'Kell mix so yes yeah. you know we've never mentioned Sam O'Kell who was involved in the in has been involved in this process the whole way so what I thought we'd do is play a little clip from and this is on from YouTube uh, from Abbey Road Studios official uh, account um, and this is Giles Martin talking about the remixing the Beatles Abbey Road in an interview and uh, the interview uh, is asking you've worked on all of the recent beatles remixes with sam o'kell how do you approach the work together so let's hear what he has to say the team was myself and sam o'kell and steph who's who's based here at abbey road uh we uh the way it works really i mean is that is that i mean sam does a lot of the work sam sort of almost replicates the mix as it, as it was originally and then i'll come in and tweak it and work through it um and we almost like tag team in a way each one of us takes over at various points, and then we sort of criticize each other's work. As well. I mean, Sam and I have been together for a long time doing this. Um, and it's good if it was just one of us doing it, there wouldn't, there would be, we'd be too isolated in a way. So, you know, you're, it's funny doing remixing a Beatles album is a very different project than anything else I've ever done because people are listening to the work you're doing as well as the music, if that makes sense. You're kind of being judged on what you're doing. And it's a really, um, the, the, the actual team doing it is very very small, so we tend to we tend to bounce off each other and we revisit a lot and we re and we criticize each other's work and that's really important for us. So that's that's the way we do it. But I guess I suppose I get final say because um, I'm marginally the tallest. Yeah, pretty interesting. So it, I think this shows us that uh, we haven't known this really before about how collaborative the process really is and what Sam's O'Kell's role is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so, um, so, uh, as far as the set goes, I guess, Dave, what's your feeling about the mix? Like, is it as revelatory a mix as the other two were? Uh, I would say not. Um, and part of it comes from the fact that, and Giles says this in that interview, and we know this too, uh, that Abbey Road already sounded very good, and it's their most, their slickest, cleanest, you know, most uh, polished recording probably, and so it's kind of hard to improve on that. It was also with the eight track and uh, and some new equipment at the studio, so. 
What I whereas on the Sgt. Pepper remix and the White album, we were hearing a lot of things we hadn't heard before. It was like, wow, this is you know almost up there with the finished product because there, were, there was a lot more brought out. I would say that I refer this one as more like uh, sharp putting something into focus and kind of sharpening the highlights of things so once again you hear more of paul and ringo more of the rhythm section Uh, yeah you hear some more of guitar lines that are more pronounced but it is it my good going to be my go-to mix probably not i still think the the 2009 one sounds great the remaster and i i probably won't go to this one but it's i mean nothing offensive or nothing problematic about it to me uh I could tell you one one track I really liked in particular, and we're going to play a different one, but something that brings sharpening things on because you hear the electric harpsichord that George Martin played, and then George's, I mean, John's uh, uh, arpeggio guitar, they're really in sync. And I hadn't noticed how much those two parts overlapped before. So that was something I really liked. That song just really was a highlight for me. I also heard, and I think this was in the NPR. NPR does a great job of of always uh, interviewing Giles Martin yeah. right as these come out uh, on uh, All Songs Considered. So uh, uh, seek out that interview. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about on Because that they double, doubled all of the vocals. So that... Yeah, the <laughs> fullness it, of it. Is... Yeah, the fullness of it is uh, really great. A uh, couple other highlights. And I, I think I like the mix better than better than maybe you do mm-hmm. I, th- I, d- I think there's the guitars uh, on come together the crunch of the guitars the strings on something uh that wobbly keyboard on Ma- maxwell <laughs> Sim- silver hammer yeah and then octopus's garden all those wobbly sort of water vocal yeah <laughs> yeah the blowing things. bubbles and stuff yeah um, and then the uh, I Want You, the, the guitars yeah. at the end, just like, it's almost too much, actually. Yeah, I would <laughs> agree. I would agree on that one. Yeah, that it's overwhelming, that song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we were going to play this great, great, great moment where You Never Give Me Your Money goes into Sun King. And there's there's you're going to hear some guitar licks at the end that I've just never heard before. Um, and just an unbelievable sort of fade between the two songs and then going into the crickets and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> let's hear a little bit of the end of uh, You Never Give Me Your Money and the beginning of Sun King.
Well, it does sound great. And I might add that those uh, crickets that you heard are credited in the book for the first time that I can remember <laughs> as Abbey Road Sound Effects Real Volume 23 Jungle Noises. So <laughs> a definite reason to buy the book to get gems like that. But yeah, you uh, you do hear some extra guitar jamming there at the end that it was sort of crossfaded earlier. You couldn't hear it quite as well in the original so yeah yeah uh just a couple other things in the giles martin mix that stood out for me the uh mean mr mustard has a cymbal sound that that Mm. i just when we talk about these uh uh new mixes and the technology having gone 50 years now a lot of times we're talking about the bottoms yes like being able to hear the bottoms but sometimes you hear like the tops in in a less less of a more of a natural way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I th- think that that was what was standing out there for me. Uh, same with the uh, Polythene Pam uh, g- acoustic guitar. Oh, yeah, that's really oh. prominent, really present. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Golden Slumbers, the, the lead vocal really was what... I feel like they did something to the lead mm. vocal, cleaned it somehow. I'm going to check that um, out. Carry that weight, though, when those horns come in for the You Never Give Me Your Money Part 2. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's just the best. Powerful, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, with the end, they've they've got the. I'm sure in the surround sound <laughs> version, those guitar solos are just like whipping around. Oh you, yeah, you know? yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty great to sit in the middle of all that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I think it's good. I, I yeah, yeah, I certainly like it. Yeah, I guess there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I read somewhere that people were complaining that. Well, you know, this is you know desecrating the original and, and anybody who's complaining like that can just go <laughs> you know, I won't finish that sentence. Yeah, yeah. It's stupidity. Yeah. It's not like the what are the original tapes were erased or anything. I know, I know. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't listen to the stupid new mix. Exactly. I think it's really interesting to hear a, someone else's well, like like Giles says a lot in his interviews trying to remix the Beatles for today's audiences or for today's ears 50 years later and he's he's definitely aware of what a current record sounds like and I think that is really good and I think it it does expose some aspects we haven't seen before in a different way so I I, I'm all for it I just I I like the the, other I thought the original one was so good on this one that um, yeah I'm happy with it but but it's interesting yeah this is so you know these episodes where we're kind of uh, talking about these special editions aren't really album track by track episodes for right. us. At some point, maybe we'll do it <laughs> track by track. But what is your feeling just overall about Abbey Road as an album? Like your personal feeling? It gets complicated, I think, because it's. It, I actually have a lot of copies of it, and I've had, I don't know, for some reason, I've always had a lot of copies of Abbey Road. Uh, but I, it's never been my favorite album, and I'm not sure why. It's, it's their best musicianship, probably, and the most polished, the most sophisticated musically that they did, that they, they wrote or arranged. I mean, everything is together. It's all maybe it's almost too perfect in in a lot of ways to me that it kind of has never had that. I feel like it's a little too polished at times. And, uh, 
and then you know the circumstances of it too. So like uh, you know the whole January 1969 sessions where things were not great, and um, mm-hmm. and uh, then then they came back and did this. So I, I I think also part of it, and we mentioned this in our last episode a bit, is that a lot of the songs from this album, because it was so popular and so huge, have been overexposed, and I think that's maybe kept some of the freshness away from it and i'm with you there on a, a couple tracks particularly come together yeah yeah <laughs> maybe here's comes the sun yep uh and maybe the the last part of the you yeah, know the golden slumber uh, golden slumbers carry that way in the end it's mm-hmm. just it's play overplayed there's not much to discover no, no. <laughs> left in there I think there's a couple like underrated songs on this album though like uh because we mentioned oh, before yeah, yeah. is de- most definitely underrated one of our uh songs under the microscope episodes uh previous was you never give me your money which oh, is yeah. one of my all-time terrific uh yeah. underrated Beatles song I just love it love it to death mm-hmm. and and reading about it in the in the um in the book uh, made me appreciate it even more. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'd say I want use a little bit underrated and, and uh, that, that might, that might segue to uh, us looking at the sessions disc. Yeah. I mean, it, it's part of it also. Maybe I just came back from the, the 50th anniversary conference on Abbey road at the Eastman school of music in Rochester, New York, which is uh, where I went to school. So it was really great to be back for and, and see Rochester and see a lot of people and yeah. it was a, a three-day conference all about Abbey Road and a lot of papers uh, were given on the topic so some a lot of friends of the show were there so Kid O'Toole, uh, Katie Kaperch was one of the organizers, uh, Wald Everett, Ken Womack, John Kovach, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of our uh, you know, top people were there. A good friend, friend of the show, Channing Palak was there. Also, haven't seen him in years, uh, so it was great for that reason. And uh, I gave a paper on Maxwell's Silver Hammer, and it was so funny because I started out by saying in my paper I picked it because I didn't like it, and I I wanted to find something to say about it. And uh, I did find a lot of interesting stuff. I hope that people found interesting, but. It was it was at the end of the paper. Somebody said, "Do you still not like the song?" And I said, "Uh, it's a little." I said, "It's really well done musically. It's polished. It sounds good, and and it's an earworm. You can't deny that." Yeah. Uh, but is it my favorite? No, of course not. Well, well, I like. Yeah, I guess there's a. That's the other. That's the other end of it. Is we talked about some of our favorites from Abbey yeah. Road and. Yeah. And obviously, Maxwell Silver Hammer is probably ne- never going to be like, oh, that's my favorite off of Abbey Road. No, no. Like, who's ever going to say that? You know? No. Um, and then, you know, there's always Her Majesty. Mm-hmm. So- yeah. <laughs> Which, so- someone gave an entire paper on that. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> But th- this I wanted to get your opinion on because actually someone did come up to me afterwards and say Maxwell Silverhammer is a way better song than Oh Darling. And he was trying to make oh, the argument yeah. that Oh Darling... Well, there were two moments where at the conference where you could hear a pin drop. One was where somebody said that to me and, and the people I was talking with said it was sort of like, 
are you serious? Uh, <laughs> uh, and then the other one was when a guy raised his hand and said, you know, I don't really, I've always found the ending of the end banal. Uh, the love you take is equal to the love you make. I've always thought that was kind of a banal statement and I don't really, it doesn't do much for me. And it was, again, you could hear crickets uh, yeah. at that time. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get those opinions. I get those opinions. Yeah. I get that people have, because guess what? Everybody's got all kinds of different opinions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And so that. Most of our conversations uh, uh, offline are like, how could certain people vote for blank yes yeah exactly (laughs) you know like uh, different people think different ways but um yeah so i mean it's always good to to be surrounded by beetle people and get all these discussions and debates and all of that stuff it's a lot of fun but well well, that's part of why we started doing the the, this podcast is to be like uh, in and when we're like uh maxwell silver hammer stinks yeah right yeah. We also are like, oh, we love Maxwell Silver Amber and have listened to it thousands of times. <laughs> yes, and we'll continue to. We'll continue to. And, yeah. you know, it's just in comparison to, just like you're talking, yeah. in comparison to Oh Darling. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, I really love Oh Darling. I could, you know. Yeah. But this one guy's like, no, I don't think so. It's a weak, it's just a rewrite, retread blues, is what he said. I liked uh, uh, John in the book. uh, John Lennon's like, Paul should have had me sing that one. Yep, yep. That's perfect for me. (laughs) But, you know, it's his song, so he's going to sing it. Of course, of course. (laughs) The other thing with, you know, the the medley is a lot of people, including some of, because we have John sort of, interviews from the 70s where he's sort of a little more negative on abbey road than your average person is uh we it does point out that a lot of the songs on the second side are little half songs Mm -hmm. right you know mean mr mustard and carry that weight aren't aren't really their own song right as we heard, so, yeah, a couple of those were on the Esher demos, so they they were just kind of sitting around, like Mean Mr. Mustard and Polythene Pam, and then they just yeah. repackaged them and put the band on it, and then you have it in, in the medley, and it works somehow. Yeah. yeah. So, But I've heard people be like, well, if you just take Polythene Pam on its own, it's not, not much of anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sure. So? So, so uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know you, you you'll never make everybody happy but uh, something that we as we move into our next uh, little discussion here uh, this this came out at the conference the big box set and I as I did last year when the white album set came out I refused to listen to it meanwhile people were coming up to me in the morning saying oh did you check out the version of I want you that's on the sessions part no no, don't tell me about no spoilers I don't want to (laughs) know I don't want to know anything so I waited until I got home and then then did dig into the sessions and so that's I think for you and me and probably most of our listeners that's really the interesting stuff that we want to get into so where yeah, where do you want to begin with the sessions here? Well, I thought we'd begin. We'd just kind of jump around a little bit. Okay, because we got and two since discs. we were just talking about the medley, 
one of the big highlights on the sessions is on uh, the second sessions disc, disc CD three. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's the long one. Now, have have you before this set came out? Have you ever heard this called the long one? No, I had not. Although. I was apparently in the minority because at the conference, everybody seemed to take it uh, for granted that that was what it was, and everybody knew this. So I don't know where I've mm. been, but may, I might have. I have to check the Mark Lewison book, the recording sessions. Maybe it was in there. Yeah, um, but no, I had not heard it that way. Well, it's definitely been. I feel like a a, a couple things have happened in the last few years where we've Giles Martin said something is so. <laughs> and as sort of recontextualized and changed yeah. the perception of things. Yeah. And now I freak, I feel like forever on this is going to be called the long one. Right. Whereas right. everyone I've ever talked to ever in my entire life about this <laughs> is called it the Abbey Road Medley. Exactly. That's what I call it. Yeah. I still call so, it that. Yeah. So so anyway, <laughs> track 9 on CD3 is the long one. And uh what the big change is on this is well one it's the the back half of it is sort of unfinished mm-hmm. which is actually really interesting because you can hear some of the uh extra stuff and her majesty is now smack dab in the middle of this medley yeah so let's hear Part of the long one. Let's hear the end of Mean Mr. Mustard. Okay. Going into Her Majesty. And then we'll hear almost all of Polythene and Pam. The reason why we want to hear Polythene and Pam out <laughs> is because you could hear John and his... You can In the original mix, you can almost... You, oh, the only thing you can really hear is the, oh, look out. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot more before that. So... <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's listen to this section of the long one, and then we'll we'll talk about it, and and we'll talk about this uh, this bonus track. His sister Pam works in a shop. She never stops. She's a go getter. Takes him out to look at the queen. Only place that he's ever. Been Shouts out something obscene Such a dirty old man Dirty old man Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl But she doesn't have a lot to say Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl But she changes from day to day I want to tell her that I love her a lot But I gotta get a belly full of wine Majesty's a pretty nice girl Someday I'm gonna make a mine Oh yeah Someday I'm gonna make a mine Dilla when 
So yeah. a lot of great fabs and ad libbing there from John. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that it, we've known forever that the beginning of Her Majesty is that last chord of Mean Mr. Mustard, but we've never heard it in context really. And so now in the long one, we actually hear it and how it sort of fits in. And what do you it, think about yeah, that? It sounds like in context because the lyrics at the end of Mean Mr. Mustard is like takes him out to look at the queen, right. always shouting something obscene, is that Her Majesty is sung <laughs> by Mr. Mustard. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like yeah. Getting, we're getting them. A good, so that blows my mind. Yeah, it makes sense kind of on a weird level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it actually raises Her Majesty in my estimation, yeah. which is... It doesn't raise it that much <laughs> because it is just a little piece of nothing yeah. that they probably should have just left on the cutting room floor, <laughs> which is always how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I felt like almost upset. Like you have the perfect L ending to the perfect end to the <laughs> album. And then they have to. Here's this other thing kind of muddying it up. Yeah, is it as bad as the inner groove from Sgt. Pepper at the end of A Day in the Life? Well, that's what I wanted to say is, yeah. is in the book, if you read the book, Ringo is sort of defending it and like, oh, well, you know, we put some fun stuff like mm-hmm. the, the inner groove and this. Yeah. We always like to put a little fun little thing yeah. on there. So I'm like, if you take it like that, it's no big deal, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, but it is really interesting to hear it. Yeah, I think it's really great. In its, yeah. in its uh, proper place. So mm-hmm. um, Now, what's weird about the long one, the uh, bonus track here, it's called The Long One Trial Edit and Mix, July 30th, 1969, um, is that the further you go on, the less mixed it seems. It seems mm-hmm. like, like rougher. Bit, we don't even have the vocals and we've no. got no strings and stuff. Very so. raw. Yeah. Very raw. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely a, a big highlight. And then you mentioned the next song I think we're going to go to that really surprised me. I mean, I've always liked it because it's one of the heaviest things the Beatles ever did. And it, the, the, the ending the abrupt ending of i want you on the actual album is always one of the most uh, we know where it is now kind of but it's it's terrifying in a way it has kind of a like a real scary sound to it and with the building up uh so it was interesting on this and with this this particularly got a lot of discussion but the version of i want you from trident studios and we can give the context a little bit after we play it but uh, want you to listen to the organ in particular on this track, and uh, Billy Preston is going to town for sure. But we'll we'll give some context and get your thoughts on "I Want You" after we hear it.
did forget Billy Preston. No, definitely not. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. So, I mean, he is, well, the reason why maybe that take came out the way it did is because the neighbors were complaining about the Beatles playing too loud. And so you hear some dialogue at the beginning of that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, with with Glenn Johns coming in and saying, "Would it got would affect you too much if we asked you to turn it down?" And uh, John uh, John, to my surprise, is actually pretty respectful. He's sort of like, "Yeah, yeah, uh, okay, we get it. Let's do it one more. Play it really loud. We'll do one more loud. Yeah, one, one more loud one, and then we'll we'll do it." <laughs> and so they 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 make the most of their. It's sort of like on the rooftop when the uh, police come up and Mal Evans turns, they start turning off the amps and then they like, no, no, we're going to turn it back on. We're finished here. So yeah, the, the the video footage of people on the street, like, Oh, I think it's rubbish. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the guy who's lives next to Trident Studios is already like, uh, you know, Oh God, I hate this. I hate this apartment. I got to move. Yeah. Always. (laughs) freaking you know loud yeah. music <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah and that pretty funny pretty it is funny. but this version i mean we were talking during listening to the song about about i want you she's so heavy and as i say it's always to me been when i listen to it on vinyl a really scary experience in some way just the building and the ominous sound of it and John screaming and the guitar yeah. and yeah, the white noise and so this version is even more powerful it's so great. It's such a great uh, rock song. It's right up there with this one and your blues are kind of mm-hmm. like his his two sort of like monster, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, uh, almost like up to the level of Led Zeppelin esque, very much you know, so, yeah, uh, epics. So, yeah. uh, uh, really great. I always love uh, listening to it. Yeah, um, and then uh, I also. Uh, think we should play the uh something mm-hmm. uh instrumental take 39 instrumental strings only um this is really great now you know giles you know obviously <laughs> partial <laughs> uh, partial to these elements that his his father created for the beatles there were there were some of those on the um on both of the previous sets that we heard but this one this one i think really really sounds fantastic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so let's take a listen to the something instrumental strings only and then we'll talk about it and we'll talk about the other the other sort of like straight from the album uh outtakes that you get in the package
Oh, sounds oh, just fantastic. Really beautiful. And actually, my as a music theory professor, my favorite page probably in the entire book is page 57, which shows a score, George Martin's handwritten uh, music score of Golden Slumbers, which is uh, the other instrumental track on here. And it's just really great to see how he wrote and how he scored uh, because of, of course uh, something wouldn't be the same without it you hear the demo there's actually a demo on here that has uh it's the same one as the anthology but it has a piano on it so it's a little yeah. more filled out uh but of course the strings are what really makes something stand out and uh yeah like in the past we've had you remember the anthology had the eleanor rigby strings just the octet without the the vocals and we've had a yeah. couple of these before but i don't you're right i think there's something different about these maybe because they're so intertwined in the song that yeah it's just it's really great to hear this yeah you get uh something take 39 you get golden slumbers carry that weight take 17 instrumental strings and brass only yeah yeah uh, so those are the ones you get you also get uh like you mentioned that something studio demo adds the piano you get oh darling take four which is pretty good yeah that was the one first thing they released i believe yes. uh, uh for uh, uh to to get people's uh, wet people's appetite for <laughs> yeah. the set uh you get a take nine of octopus's garden which is uh, right off the bat uh, ringo being like oh this is fantastic <laughs> sounds so good <laughs> and then he forgets the section in the song and it breaks down pretty quickly <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then you never give me your money. Take thirty six with a lot of Paul goofiness at the beginning. <laughs> uh, I like, of course. Yep. Her Majesty takes one through three. I can't really uh, ascertain any difference. No, between me neither. It sounds the same. <laughs> or know why we need to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Golden slumbers carry that weight. Takes one through three. Uh, uh, oh, this. You know, one thing that was pointed out throughout this is that when they were recording and when they were practicing these songs that there was like golden slummers and carry that way were always played together mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. and um mean mr mustard and polythene pam were always or yeah joined together and, yeah yes it's always joined together they're always played together so that was an interesting uh thing mm -hmm. that is in the book also we get here comes the sun take nine maxwell silver hammer take 12 dave can't get enough <laughs> can't maxwell get enough silver of that hammer. one yeah. Uh, come together, take five. We heard that at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, Sun King, take twenty. That is really great. Yes, Sounds there's a great organ on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. really, really good. Mean Mister Mustard, take twenty. Polythene and Pam, take twenty-seven. Take twenty-seven as she came in through the bathroom window as well. Um, and then because take one, just the instrumental of b because mm -hmm. just the uh, uh, which you can hear uh, Ringo. Uh, yeah, keeping counting, keeping keeping time. the time. Yeah, uh, and of course the long one like we uh, played before. Now there are some other things on here, and let's we're gonna play a couple of them. The first first thing we get is on CD two tracks four and five are, are the is the single ballad of John and Yoko with the B side. Old Brown Shoe, right. take two. Let's hear a little Old Brown Shoe, take two, and then we'll talk about it, and we'll talk about what are they doing with these things. <laughs> One, two, three, four. 
Success is wearing rings like rings on every finger. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Great line. Well, yeah. great song. I, we're both big fans of Old Brown Shoe, and yeah. something that stood out again with the book, and I really had not known this until now, is that Ringo, if you believe it here, uh, it says Ringo actually was not ever on this session, not on this song, uh, that he was record or filming the magic christian and didn't mm-hmm. attend so it's actually paul playing drums and i think all the beetle books say it was ringo playing so that was a surprise and something different to learn but the more i listen to the drums I, it does sound not quite as tight as ringo would have played yeah. it so it makes sense but uh it's funny because i was saying i saw a quote ringo saying this was some of his best drumming ever uh but <laughs> he didn't actually play <laughs> so, but uh so that's kind of a funny thing but john plays some good piano on there too and uh it sounds good so a new yeah, a new piece of information and the ballad of john and yoko take seven that also sounds good yeah. uh but why don't we get re- giles martin remixes of Ballad of John and Yoko and Old Brown Shoe. We got Giles Martin remixes on the uh, Sgt. Pepper set of um, Penny Lane and of Strawberry Fields Forever. Right. 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 And then on the White Album, we didn't get those, but we got all of the tracks that they recorded around the same time. Like outtakes, outtakes. of the Inner Light and Lady Madonna. Lady Madonna, yeah. yeah. And and here we here we get John and Yoko and Old Brown Shoe. So what's going on, Dave? That's a good question. Is, the, is there a plan for a singles remast- remixing at some point? Or, yeah, I yeah, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question. So... Yeah, yeah. So I would I would think maybe that there is. Yeah. Maybe the in the back of their they always act like we don't know what's going on next. <laughs> right? Can't figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um the one thing I'll say about old uh, the ballad of John and Yoko that's kind of neat and I know uh, people have mentioned it too is the uh that they they're uh, John and Paul of course are playing it and are uh humorously referring to each other as George and Ringo. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, kind of like it yeah. needs a little bit more, George. A little more, Ringo. A little faster next time. <laughs> so, that's kind of funny that they're they're still having a good time with it. So, we get a couple other things here, which would fall in the category of songs the Beatles gave away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both of which we've talked about before, actually. Uh, goodbye. We get the Paul McCartney Goodbye Home Demo. Uh, which is a song that Mary Hopkin would uh, sing, and we heard when we talked about Mary Hopkin. Um, and if you remember the very first, I believe, uh, Apple Scruff. Oh, right. Right? Was Badfinger. Yes. Right? And, uh, of course, Badfinger had a big hit with this song, and we'll hear, let's hear the studio demo of, which sounds just awesome. <laughs> Right, of come and get it. Red light. Demo take one. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. Mm-hmm. Make your mind up. Well, that sounds really terrific, and it, it's interesting, in the, as you learn in the book with that track, it's the original mix made with John and Paul present in the control room, and right after Come and Get It had been completed, which is all Paul, a whole Paul show, and uh, sounds terrific. Sounds really, not not a lot different than the actual song that Badfinger does, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That, yeah, it's not, not too different. <laughs> no. Uh, pretty much uh, straight in, and I guess Badfinger wanted to make some. For, if you read the uh, "Come and Get It" in the book, Badfinger wanted to make some changes, and Paul's like, "No, this is a hit. <laughs> this is a hit. Do it just like this. Yes, do it exactly like this. I promise you, this is a hit." Yeah, the quote if, here is, "Please don't change this. I can guarantee it's a hit." <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> yeah, and he said, "Tell you what, if you record this." then you can have two more songs on this Magic Christian. I guess it was tied into the Magic Christian, yes, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll go out with take three of the end. I, it's funny, we've got the end and goodbye, both of which would be <laughs> great go out with songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we chose the end to go out with. But um, yeah, so that wraps it up. So what is... Overall, Dave, what's yeah. what's our what's our feeling here? I mean, the album proper is a ten. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's uh, they, they they probably did the best they could with what they had to work with, and instead of you know the huge amount of white album material, which is just 
so so much uh, that, it, like you say, it was really hard to get through it all and to to listen to it regularly because there was so much. Same with Pepper. Uh, you can get through all this pretty well, and so I think they did a good job with it. And I know, like I said, the, some of the reviews, people were complaining there weren't that many big reveals, but there just weren't that many, as far as I know. So Yeah, you can't make something no. that's not there. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? My only complaint is if they don't have some sort of hits thing that they do, I would have liked a uh, remastered, remixed John and Yoko and Old Brown Shoe mm. and maybe even come and get it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Know? So I'm, I'm hoping that they put something together with singles and stragglers. Mm-hmm. You know, that like maybe a not guilty new mix and, a, yeah. you know, like all kinds of different like things like that. Yeah. Um, but the next thing to happen is most. Well, the next thing to happen most definitely with the Beatles sounds like it's that movie. Yeah. The Peter Jackson movie, I think, is the next yeah. thing that we're going to get. And I'm guessing that will there pre- there won't be a box set associated with let it be it'll be that and then whatever is in it with the the probably extras or the packaging i'm sure there'll be some you know blu-ray with audio tracks or i'm guessing there'll be something like that so uh, uh i i'm i'm going to disagree with you here okay. because we got the several years ago a couple years ago we got the uh documentary film yeah, the Ron Howard one. Ron Howard, and then there was an album that came out at the same time. True, true. They've been doing these big, big releases. Mm-hmm. Let it be the album that could most use a Giles Martin mix <laughs> with people being happy about him true. doing a Giles Martin mix. Good point. So I feel like, and he claims he hasn't been asked yet, <laughs> and that what he's working on now is for the documentary film Mm -hmm. but it seems like you're already doing half the work yeah yeah so so that's true i'm I'm sure they'll come in and i think he says all this because they don't want to officially announce it right right but i think we're gonna get a uh more more akin to the white album set but even more extreme possibly where you get a new completely new mix of a new album mm. kind of based off of the let it be sessions yeah the get back and, kind of stuff more than yes. the specter yeah yes and then maybe a just a cleaned up specter mm-hmm. as this two and then maybe is this three is the because i feel like they tried this once with let it be naked, mm-hmm. the worst named album of all time. <laughs> uh, it's because you didn't give it enough pause before the naked. <laughs> it's supposed to be let it be dot 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 naked. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Did it? Did it work as a title? But and and I, I liked it. I liked it yeah. more than more, many people did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm just, I, I, I just, there's so many bonus tracks we could get Mm -hmm. and there's lots of great stuff including lots of covers and lots of you know different 
well, rock, yeah, especially of like thing. the yeah. So. yeah, like even some of the George Harrison tracks that were going to be on All Things Must Pass. You, there's actually some really good Beatles versions of All Things Must Pass and songs from that period. So yeah, it would be interesting to hear those. So I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get it. Okay. I, 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 All I right. hope we do, I, and I think we are going to. And I think that the the it, it's probably going to be somehow tied with the documentary. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. documentary comes out, and then at around the same time, the big set comes out. Yeah. It's just a. It's just a giant. Let it be. Year. Fest. Yeah. Yeah. What happens after that? I don't know. I, if they double back. Uh, you know, I've heard a little bit of some some talk that they might double back and do yeah. some of the mid mid career Beatles stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I we'll we'll save that for another. <laughs> yeah. Another. We'll discussion. save those speculations for the future. But. Yeah, but at least I mean we know for sure that the movie is coming out. So I think you're probably right. I haven't thought about it that way, and especially since Phil Spector is somewhat. Uh, incapacitated to help out with this project and to redo his own mix, so uh, <laughs> they probably will uh, clean up and and do something with the Spectre mix and yeah. yeah so I I, I think plus you're probably these right. things have been gangbusters. They, yeah, that's true. Let it be. Or, or Abbey Road is back on the charts. Yeah, number one. Back at the number one in England again. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so amazing. 50 years later. So, it's so amazing. So, uh huge huge successes and uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh wrapping it up here. Um we've got lots of uh work still to do. We've yes. got to put our our box set aside and and uh <laughs> we got we got some movies to uh watch. Uh, yeah, possibly. I saw the uh I saw yesterday was appearing on iTunes to watch and you can go buy the blu-ray and dvd so yeah we're definitely going to do our our full discussion of that and yeah it's a double feature actually that's right it's a double feature uh coming up next of between yesterday and a documentary film yes yes exactly so So that'll be that'll be our next episode and then of course uh just dropped was uh ringo's (laughs) new song (laughs) Or John's song, right? John's song or Paul's song. <laughs> or Paul's song. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, grow old with me. So mm-hmm. we're, we're we're anticipating. <laughs> oh man, you and I have already put in our pre-orders of the colored vinyl with the yes. shirt. <laughs> with the shirts from, <laughs> from Rico's uh, website. Yep. Can get all kinds of uh, packages of the new Ringo album. Already so we'll, from, we'll, from what's my name. Yeah. You know yeah. the last two Ringo albums been pretty good, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm kind of actually genuinely looking forward to uh, reviewing that yeah. uh, that album, and you know our our annual holiday episode coming up too as well. So uh, yeah. lots of lots of great things coming up. Yep. Are yeah. we gonna get a Are we gonna get a Paul release? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he did last year. That's when we got the the Red Rose Speedway and Wildlife sets. So uh, who knows? Maybe. Uh, we're going to get that flaming pie uh, reissue that we've been hearing rumors about. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Now that we'll, knows? we'll let Abbey Road die down a little bit, and then Paul will get his marketing into gear. Yeah. So. All right, Dave. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, follow us on uh, Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter at I've Got a Beatles. 
Follow me on Twitter at Chris D. Bragg. I post songs of the night and complain about politics. <laughs> yep. And you're gonna <laughs> and try at this point try to avoid Steelers talk. <laughs> exactly. Definitely try to avoid fighting Illini football. Oh yeah, not good. Not good as both of us are alums of fighting Illini football. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and we can always send us an email at uh, I've got a Beatles podcast at hotmail.com. And we that's where I was yep. able to meet up with a friend of the show, Andrew, who flew in all the way from England to come to the Abbey Road conference. And we had a great time. Wow. Yeah, he was. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he was terrific to talk to, and Abbey Road is his favorite album, so he was uh, diehard into every session, which was exciting. So uh, that was terrific to see. And uh, yeah. Uh, always uh, good to hear from people so enjoy uh, your Abbey Road listening and we'll go out today with The End